There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because, well, they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil, the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh. assists from Shea. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh, oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor Oladipo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 76 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Here with me as always, Eric Hawk. We are recording this on Thursday evening, day after the big game, uh, Pacers versus Bulls Victor Oladipo's return. Um, my voice has went out here today. I'm, I'm starting to get it back, but still a little bit uh, scratchy. So ever since that game went down, Hawk, how are you feeling? Any, uh, any more deep thoughts now that you've had some time to sit on it and think about that game? It was a, I, I was thinking about this today. Would you have rather had Old Depot come out and score like 23 points and we just win by 15 points, 10 points, or would you rather have the game that we had? Um, I would pick the game that we had 10 times out of 10. Yeah, so, I mean, he definitely didn't shoot the three well, but his confidence wasn't didn't waver. And I'm just going to go full into Old Depot because I think the way he attacked the basket at times, he looked like his old self. The way he was using the pick and roll, he looked like his old self. There was a point in that third quarter I thought they were, like, relying on him almost too much. You know, like, Brogdon was giving the ball, let him run the offense a little bit. And Victor's always been a guy that's – he's always willing to pass first. 
and I thought maybe they were forcing it a little bit. First game back, trying to get him the flow. So there's something to be said about that. It, it didn't look pretty at times. The shot didn't go in, but at the end of the day, that shot that he made, and I think we all just missed it, and it was perfect, and that's the guy that we knew would be there and would hopefully come back. And that was a deep shot, big moment. Justin Holiday had just missed one, and I forget. I think it was Sabonis that got the offensive rebound or something. Yeah, but, he did. You know, it was just a perfect end. And then I think he had the defensive play at the end too, didn't he? Uh, on Levine. Yeah, there was like a. I think he blocked the shot, or he oh. forced him to go the other way in the lane, didn't get it off, or something. But yeah, that was actually a fa- that was a foul actually, um, and we didn't notice. Obviously, it, it was a missed call. Uh, Victor hacked Levine on the arm. Uh, the yeah. last the two minute report came out today and confirmed that. But I don't really care. I mean, the Pacers get screwed by <laughs> the Pacers get screwed by those things all the time. Chicago Bulls they were up by seven points with two and a half minutes left, um, and they couldn't close the game. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it happens to every team. I feel like it kind of balances out during the course of the season. You get some wins off those things. You get some losses. Um, it seems like the Pacers get more losses from those two-minute reports. So it was actually good to see them on the positive side of that. So uh, it, it was a foul, but he got away with it. But, yeah, that, that shot was huge. And kind of before that, I mean, the game itself, uh, you know, when he first – you were just obviously – the crowd was there. They were ready for Victor to check into the game. Uh, I think it was, what, seven – six or seven minutes go by in the first quarter. Finally, we get a stop. He's, you know, we'd been waiting a minute because there wasn't a stop in play. So he was just standing there at the scores table. The one thing I do want to note is this isn't really game related, but those signs were just really bad. Um, <laughs> you couldn't see. You couldn't see anything. I wanted to. Look at the Jumbotron. Yeah. I wanted to get a really cool video of Oladipa walking out onto the court. Um, and I couldn't get, I mean, I'm only 5'8", um, 5'7", 5'8", whatever it is. I'm not a tall guy, so, um, I couldn't see anything over these signs, which, I mean, are just like, I got a DeMontis Sabonis picture sign, and it's a 16 by 20 sign. It's one of the biggest pictures I've ever gotten signed, and I'm like, this thing is huge, and it pales in comparison to those signs that the Pacers gave out to these people. Could not see anything, had to record the jumbotron of him walking out, um, and it was just so obnoxious. I mean, if you're going to give out signs, I feel like you got to give maybe like an 8 by 10 or something. You can't go as big as they went. That was just, it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, rally towels. I mean, they gave away the white towels anyway. They could have just made them gold, and we would have – I mean, that would have been way better. Yeah. So that was my complaint, not game-related, but I'll get more into the game here. Uh, Like you said, Oladipo uh, comes out in the game not shooting well. I think he got his first bucket there at the end of the first quarter. It was a two-point shot. Uh, Didn't make a three all the way leading up to that point in the fourth quarter. Um, And, you know, this game kind of just felt like – and I, I didn't listen to the broadcast or anything like that, but I bet a hundred times last night Quinn Buckner was like, well, you know, partner, this is the hardest game coming back from, uh, you know, a road trip, playing the first game at home. They say this is the hardest game. I bet he said that 15 times. Um, so, I, you know, you got you got that compounded with the fact that this guy hasn't played a game in over a year. Um, and I don't care who they were playing last night. The Bulls are a bad team, but it was a close game, and I think no matter who they played, it would have been a close game. 
But Victor Oladipo comes up in clutch situations, and I think, I mean, when the Pacers got the ball back and he takes that shot, like, you know, there was like a pause in the arena. Uh, It just, and I just felt like everybody there knew that that shot was going in. I knew as soon as he decided to shoot that ball that that was going in. It looked good. And, I mean, it's just really good to see that even after a year off, he hasn't played in this much time. That's just something that doesn't go away is that clutch gene. And he's been shooting a lot. And, I mean, his injury, whatever it may prevent him from doing, if it does at all, it's not going to impact how clutch this man is at the end of ball games to help out the Pacers. Yeah, and I think he's four for four from the free throw line. So that's worth noting that he's a perfect percentage on the year from the free throw line as well. And I thought, you know, it was a sluggish game all around. They kind of shut somehow Sabonis got shut down a little bit didn't have his best game. Warren was as efficient as ever, but for some reason, just other things weren't clicking. It was a lot of getting all depot, you know, accustomed and back in the lineup a little bit. I think that was a little bit of the issue, but at the end of the day, we won. The Bulls are a bad team. They're not bottom five bad team. They're a division rival. You expect them to compete. So we covered the spread and we won and it, it took overtime, but the moment was worth it. And, you know, TJ Warren played great again. Yeah. 25 points from TJ Warren led uh, the Pacers in scoring. Um, and then, like you said, Sabonis, he struggled, still finished with a double double, 15 and 11. Uh, he also had five assists, um, and then uh, Brogdon as well, a near triple-double, 15 points, uh, eight rebounds, and nine assists. And then the bench, Justin Holiday. I mean, doing what he's done all season, um, scored 13 points. That three that he shot, you kind of thought that one was going in. Uh, it, it didn't, but Sabonis got the rebound, and it led to the Oladipo shot, so glad he did end up missing that, but... Uh, the two big keys here is, is I'm looking at the bench. Number one, Goga got more playing time last night with Miles Turner being out uh, of the game. Uh, he was sick, but he was still sitting on the bench cheering and things like that, so maybe the fatigue wasn't all there or what, whatnot. Uh, he just didn't play, so whatever. Uh, and Goga got 15 minutes off the bench, scored 10 points and four rebounds, but you got to admit, those 10 points and four rebounds from Goga in those 15 minutes, that was... That was just painful to watch in my eyes. Yeah, because every time he'd get a bucket or do something good, he immediately followed it up with a blown coverage on defense or a mixed layup the next possession. I thought his second half, if I remember right, was a lot better. He was a little more efficient. But those that first time he got in the game was brutal in that first half. So he's learning, he's young, and we I don't expect him to be an all-star ever. But, you know, he is still young, so whatever. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think, and this was a little conversation, and I'm kind of getting off topic here, but we'll slowly come back to the to the, the major topic here in Oladipo's return game. But I think going forward, and I think the trade, de- trade deadline's next week, I believe it's on the 6th, which I saw that the other day, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I mean, it used to be, you know, second or third week of the month, and now it's so early, and I think they do that purposely, so there's no issues around the All-Star break um, from, like, when DeMarcus Cousins got traded uh, in the All-Star game uh, a couple years ago. But uh, I think what the Pacers need to do, and they're obviously going to have to clear up, you know, a roster spot or do something, um, maybe via trade or if if they're going to approach the buyout market, so make a trade and, and for draft pick or something like that. Um, 
I think they need to go for a backup big man. Uh, Goga, this team, and and I'm not saying Goga is not going to be a good player in this league, and I know that you need to get consistent minutes to do that. But this team, I'm not saying they're championship contenders this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the Eastern Conference. But this team is, they don't need developmental players. They have the guys in place to make a run this year. Uh, Oladipo will be ready to go by the playoffs. Not fully ready to go, but he's going to be ready. Uh, Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, decent bench. I mean, this team is posed for... A decent run in the playoffs, and I think the one thing they're missing is a you know a, a big man off the bench. I don't think Goga is going to be able to give them solid minutes uh, in the rotation in the playoffs if both of those guys get in foul trouble and Turner and Sabonis. Um, so that's be something personally I would look for the Pacers to try to make a move is maybe bringing in a veteran big man some sh- way, shape, or form, whether it be via trade or clearing up a roster space and going via the buyout market. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's the only position we've even highlighted as a potential need. Everything else you kind of got covered and you still got some young pieces there developing for sure. But like you said, the backup big man, someone that maybe a better Jakar Sampson, although he's played well in spurts, someone like that, he's not going to see the floor that much, but, just someone that can maybe stretch the floor a little too. It, it just depends on what's available. And I think that guy will be available if we wanted to go for it. I mean, there's a lot of teams out of contention with that piece that we could, we could use. So who knows could happen. And I think the other big lineup story to talk about is Aaron holiday. He didn't play last night at all, if I'm right. So he's the the guard that is getting, losing his minutes when Oladipo comes back. I previously thought it would be a little more TJ McConnell. But after the way he's played all year, I mean, it was pretty much a flip-flop on who would lose those minutes, and it just happened to be him. Yeah, I mean, that's the hardest decision here to make is who was going to lose minutes uh, in the rotation. And I can't fault him for either way. McConnell has shown that he is uh, a solid player in the rotation as a backup point guard. Aaron Holiday has been... Way more inconsistent than T.J. McConnell, but when he's consistent, he's a better player out there than T.J. McConnell, if that makes sense. So when Aaron Holiday is playing like he should be, I would rather have him out there, but he's he's shown that he's been a fairly inconsistent player. So uh, T.J. McConnell, you know what you're going to get from him every night. He might not light up the box score, but he's going to be out there making hustle plays, getting the guys involved. Um and so I think that's why they probably are going with him at this point. Um, but then you also have the minute restrictions as well on Victor. They said he wasn't going to play about 24 minutes a game here to start, not going to play in back-to-back games. And, you know, he might just sit a game here or there. So there will still be some time for uh, Holiday to get playing time. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, if they get a phone call over the next week that says, hey, what will it take to get Aaron Holiday? I don't think the Pacers would do it, especially considering they have his brother on the team. And Justin Holiday, they want to keep in Indiana, I feel like, for the next couple seasons because he's been a solid piece for him this year. So I wouldn't trade Aaron Holiday, but if they got, you know, maybe a decent offer over the next week, it, it would be ha- something they would have to consider. But there's obviously strings attached with that because his brother uh, is on the Pacers. So, Yeah, I would agree. He's kind of like uh, Jacoby Brissett before Andrew Luck retired. You know Brogdon's got a little injury history now. You want to have that back up in case, you know, we're in a 
position for playoff spot. And who knows, maybe he misses a playoff game. Uh, hopefully not, obviously, but I think you'd rather keep him than trade him if I had to. And he's, I mean, he's a, on a rookie salary, so he's great value. So that's my opinion. Yeah, and uh, that's a good point there. Brogdon's injury history, obviously he's going to probably sit out more games by the end of the year. Maybe he misses a game in the playoffs, who knows. So you need that depth at that position. And also TJ McConnell, he's uh, he signed for this year, and then I believe he's got a team option for next year. The Pacers, I think, will pick that up. But let's just say, hypothetically, you know, they don't have him here in the long term. I mean, Aaron Holiday's 20 24 years old he's a young guy so he's obviously probably got more years in the tank in the NBA than uh, a guy like TJ McConnell so I wouldn't trade him but I, I I wouldn't be shocked if you know the Pacers I wouldn't be shocked if teams call the Pacers I don't think the Pacers will be calling teams I think teams will call them and say okay what's it going to take to to get this guy at the deadline maybe something like that yeah, and we've already heard a little bit of rumors of that. I forget what situation or whatever, but there's been rumors linked to Aaron Holiday. I think uh, it was with the Atlanta trade. I think there was rumors that they called Indiana first, asked about Aaron Holiday, and we pretty much shut it down from what I heard. <clears throat> but you never know with that. People could be lying, obviously. But I think McConnell, next season, he'll be on an NBA roster anywhere. I mean, he's proven that he's an NBA player here and in Philly. You know, he's underrated. But, you know, he's got a little lance in him. The crowd loves him, and he got a tactical last night. And when he got fired up, you could just tell he was mad. So he's got energy and he's excitement. I would I would like to see him stay next year as well. Yeah, and I think the Pacers will pick that up. But, of course, we all thought they would pick up Lance Stevenson's team option, and we know how that fit, that went, went down a few years ago. But RIP. Yeah. Um, my next point here, and I just had my, my list here. Oh, yeah. Uh, my next point here, game, not really so game-related, but during the in-game entertainment, I think the most successful thing that TJ Leaf has ever done in his Pacers career was on the big screen last night. You know what I'm talking about. What was the song he was singing? Because I can't remember what it was. Um, I think it was Whitney Houston, I think. Yes, I can't remember the name of the song, though. Um, I mean, that sounds like it could be a Whitney Houston song. Um, I can't remember either. Yeah, I can't either. At this point, I maybe I, I got a pretty good buzz at the game last night. I hadn't drank in a little little bit of time, so you know I had about th- four or five beers, whatever it was. I can't remember, but at that point in the game, I was kind of feeling pretty good about myself. So I can't remember. Maybe it wasn't as funny as I thought it was. It's just one of those things when you're drunk and you think it's hilarious. Um, or no, I wasn't drunk, but you had been drinking and it, it and it's hilarious, but. It actually, 100%, was definitely the best thing TJ Leaf has ever done. Terrible voice on the big screen. Um, and, I mean, I feel like you just got to give him a shout-out because when he does something good, we got to talk about it because it doesn't happen often. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he went for it. It didn't sound good by any means. Kind of like his playing career. We more just laughed at it than admired it, but... It was perfect. We got to see Miles Turner's dad. We got to see the Born Ready to Blog group. Just a great day, a great game all around. Fantastic. Yep, it was uh, us two along with Jake, who, you know, used to be on the podcast as regular, now only comes along when he, he feels like it. Uh, and then... We with the Bastle, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, he... Uh, who else? What else was I going to say? I was going to say, so he came to 
to pick me up yesterday for the game. And, uh, you know, we said 4.30 is the time we're leaving. And, you know, Jake shows up. You know, this is... I get in my phone about 4.35 and I'm like, okay, I'm sending him these messages like, dude, where are you? And it's all of a sudden gets to be like 4.43. And I sent him a message. I said, if you're not here by 4.46, I'm leaving. I said, I'm just driving myself. He calls me right after, after ignoring all my messages and says, I'll be there by 4.47. And now at this point, I've waited. It's 4.49. This guy pulls up in his gray charger. And the first thing I notice when I see him is he has no Pacers gear on whatsoever. He's got this vest and some undershirt along with a pair of jeans. I made the comment to him last night, you look like you're about to go work at a social media tech company in Silicon Valley right now. Uh, no Pacers gear, and his excuse was, well, you didn't give me any time to go home and change. Well, you could have taken you know, clothes with you to your office like a normal person does. Uh, I took my Pacers clothes to my office. Obviously, I didn't wear Pacers clothes to my place of work. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to, to clear up that story with our listeners about this picture. If they've seen the picture, why all these guys are in Pacers gear and he's not. Um, but that was you and I, Jake as well, uh, Jared uh, Chris, another Chris, Chris P, and uh, comics dude. We all met up uh, before the game. Uh, had a few, not even had a few drinks. We all just had a beer. Then we just met each other. So that was fun. Uh, the blog meets the pod. So what did you think about? You know, you finally got to see what comics dude looks like. I was about to ask you what your initial thoughts. First off, Point Dexter, I'm on to you. Some, there's something up with that guy. I'm just, I'm just on to him. Let's just leave it at that. Comics dude, I mean, he lived up to everything I wanted him to live up to. I'd met Jared before. Maybe I haven't met him, but I've talked to him. I feel like I've met him. Maybe you I met haven't. Him at, you met him at Hooters yeah, Night. At, uh, Hooters Night. Yeah, so comics dude was the first meeting, and everything. He wore the glasses inside. Just had the... I mean, he just had a great look about him. He had a little crazy in him. You knew that was an internet troll right when you saw him. That's why I love comics, dude. So that was worth it. The best part is, so he's been blogging with us, and, you know, we've talked to him before then. He's been on the show before, and he's been a part of the blog now for two months, and we still don't know his real name. And we've never seen him without... We've never seen him without the sunglasses on, so... You people out there that are, you know, you follow Comics Dude on Twitter. Uh, he just is going through suspension right now. But, um, I mean, we don't even know what his real name is. So, any Give me a name guess just from looking at him. I'm going to guess Dimitriov Johnson. Dimitriov. <laughs> what is that like? Uh, this, like the great value brand of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> Oh, man. No, it's the Russian-American Dwayne Johnson. Like, his dad was Russian, and his mom was from, like, Queens. Oh, so that's a real name. Oh, okay. Wait, that's his real name. What? Who's Dimitriov Johnson? I'm confused. I just made him up. Oh. <laughs> okay. I thought you were saying that was The Rock's real name, and I was like, wait a minute. His name's Dwayne Johnson, isn't it? But maybe it was... Whatever. Yeah, I'm comics, dude. You're the one who brought in Dwayne Johnson, not me. <laughs> All right. Uh, this, I'm, I'm running on low sleep, so I'm going to blame it on that. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Patterson. <laughs> Ooh. 
I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Michael Patterson. I think a very unassuming type name. You can get away with a lot with a name like that. Yeah, I think, I think that you know, a guy like him, he doesn't want to disclose his name, and I think for that reason, it's probably got to be a pretty basic name. And Mike Patterson's yeah. a basic name that just came to my head. So. Yeah, and the other thing he was. He said he saw Jeremiah Johnson and introduced himself. And he, the first thing Jeremiah said was, you're the guy that got suspended from Twitter, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if Jeremiah Johnson knows you, you're a big deal. Yeah, Jeremiah Johnson follows a lot of Pacers Twitter accounts, and he knows what's going on in the interwebs. Um, he might not comment what he always feels like saying because, you know, he works for uh, a higher-up organization than any of us do, but we spew out our thoughts for him. So shout-out to JJ for being a man of the people. Um, my next you know thing right now, too, so. Oh, 100%. Um, we just rambled on about comics, dude, for five minutes, so you know he enjoyed that. Um, anyways, final thoughts on the game. Victor Depot clutch, nine points. Um, didn't hit his over on points for the super boost, uh, but that's okay. Big shot. Uh, the post game interview, and we'll get into uh, more about Kobe later in the show. Um, obviously, that was very emotional for him uh, coming back, and the tears and everything it was very sad to watch. Um, so, what what were your thoughts on Vic's uh, interview uh, with JJ to uh, after the game? You know, that was emotional, and there's always, I always wonder if the athletes are serious, you know, if they're really genuine, and by everything that you see with Oladipo, there's no way he's faking it, you know, he he probably loves the attention, he is a superstar, he's kind of the face of our franchise, and he knows it, but on the court, I've never thought his play reflects that, he doesn't have a superstar mentality in that sense of the word, he's kind of just, he's born to be a star, you know what I'm saying, so... Mm -hmm. You know, that was real genuine, and he's always felt the love here since he's been traded. He went to IU, obviously. He knows how passionate people in Indiana are about basketball. So just coming full circle, you know, he is our guy. He wasn't born here, but, you know, he's our adopted son. So, you know, we love Victor, and that moment is very emotional, and that's what makes the game great, and all the hard work he put in came to that moment. So great interview by JJ, as always. Yeah, I uh, I mean, you can just tell how much uh, he loves the, the city, the state of Indiana, uh, the fans in the building, teammates, everybody in the organization. And, you know, he's got another year under contract after this season, and he will be a free agent in the summer of 2021. But I just don't see – I mean, I had my doubts about Paul George just because he had that L.A. connection and everything like that. And, you know, he's just – attitude-wise, he's a dick – uh, but with Victor, I just, I'm not stressed out about that at all. I just feel like he's, I mean, I would be really shocked if he left, uh, left this team after in free agency after next year. Wouldn't you? Yeah. It depends on what the season holds. If we want a title, maybe he moves on, but you know, that's a long way down the road and that's kind of our wildest dreams. Maybe he moves to a bigger market and I'm fine with that if that happens, but I kind of agree I, by the way it's set up, I believe. I don't know if it's because he wasn't drafted here or he didn't sign his contract here or something, but I believe, you know, from all things that I know, that we can offer him the most money. His contract's already set in stone. He's made all defensive teams. He's made all-star, all-NBA, so he's eligible for the Supermax. 
So, I, I mean, you offer him that, and if he doesn't take it, I think we're all a little shocked. Yeah, I, I for sure don't see an issue with that, but uh, obviously that's a long way from now, but uh, that's just kind of my thoughts on how much I feel like he loves uh, this state. So, uh, anyways, move. I'll go Get ahead. off my chest about the game. Go ahead. So, the halftime performance. Oh I mean, I know people get up. People go, that's when you go pee, that's when you get a drink, nobody cares. But can we stop just have like little kids and, you know, little people just dancing at halftime and doing a choreographed dance? I mean, there's got to be, give me Red Panda, you know, give me Zlatov, the guy that, you know, hangs on chairs. Give me some dogs running around. Turn the lights off. Do something. I mean, that was the hype, one of the most hype games we've had this season, the return game. Give me, give me a halftime show worth watching. I mean, you guys went to pee and get beers, and I had timed my beer rotation up so I could sit there and not fight the crowds because I hate the halftime crowd. You know, I'd rather go in the third or the second, get my shit done. But just that halftime performance, you know, by Banker's Life, and it was probably that asshole. Who's that asshole I saw last night that didn't get a stat? Benner. Yeah, it's, Bill Benner probably planned that whole thing, and it 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 wasn't bad, but it, it we could we could do better. We can do better as a franchise. Yeah, what what was it? It was just an interpretive dance or something. I can't even remember. I just remember how bad it was. Um, yeah, it, was, it, was it was awful. Yeah, um, it was it was a pain to watch for sure. And you know, I I know that this that halftime show was probably planned for months in advance, and those girls had been training for for months for this thing. But it's they got to come up with like a, a halftime flex schedule. Um, kind of like the NFL, you know, you can flex a game out or something like that. Uh, you know, you get a big opportunity like Victor Oladipo's game coming back. You got to flex out the girls and you got to bring in, you know, a, a solid halftime performance because the game in itself, great entertainment. Uh, the before game entertainment, always good halftime show. I mean, if I had to give, give it a grade, it's an F. It's There's no way that you can give it any higher grade than that and convince me of it. Um, so come up with the flex schedule. Uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse employees, figure it out. You can't throw out a dud halftime show like that the night of Victor Oladipo's return. So I completely agree with you. Yep, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Uh, more pressing moves here, and I'll go over the entire – entirety of the roster but number one biggest uh thing here a big news came out thursday night here this evening demontis sabonis named as an eastern conference all-star reserve demontis is just having a, a career season definitely been the best pacer this year uh the team's mvp thus far this season so um well deserved is pretty much you know, what every Pacers fan says about this and what we all think. So what are your thoughts? Sabonis is finally making an all-star appearance. I shouldn't say finally because he's done it so early in his career, but uh, the Pacers have now traded Paul George for two all-star players in Oladipo and Sabonis. How crazy is that to say? That's awesome. Totally worth it. I think I saw there's nine new all-stars this year, so getting some turnover. Um, the East, I think, probably a little weaker just because they're a little younger, but Sabonis definitely deserved it. I mean, Brogdon maybe at the beginning of the year, but he's missed too many games. Hasn't He hasn't had the start lately that he did, but it's obviously because he's been missing games. The other guy, I think T.J. Warren had a legit shot, maybe 
maybe not a realistic shot, but he was definitely in the conversation the way he's been playing lately. He'll never get that vote. But, you know, Sabonis definitely deserved it. Anybody that says otherwise is, is ridiculous. Do we know three-point dunk contest stuff yet? Um, I'll go over that in a second. I know a little bit of details, but you just the comment you made is a good transition into this tweet I want to go over. Uh, a guy named Nate Duncan. Uh, Twitter handle is at Nate Duncan NBA. Uh, he's an NBA cap scout attorney, and apparently he hosts the Hollinger Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Anyways, this guy tweeted out right after the All Star reserves. Uh, he's got a check mark on Twitter, so he probably thinks he's a badass. Anyways, he tweets, As bad as some of the West selections were, Sabonis is the worst actual player selected to the All-Star game in a long time. What are your thoughts on that ridiculous tweet by this dumbass? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts. It doesn't make any sense. He clearly has never watched a game, doesn't know... He must not even know the stats. I, I don't understand. You're, what, the fifth, fourth seed battling even up towards the third seed in the East. You've exceeded all expectations. You're gonna. You're on pace to break the franchise double-double record. Multiple triple-double games at center. Still a young player. He's got the name recognition from his dad. You know, he, I, it doesn't make any sense. This guy's just an idiot. Doesn't even deserve to breathe the same oxygen we breathe, honestly. <laughs> Uh, wow, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my thoughts, too. I mean, it's one thing, and you can make the case for whoever you want. Every year, every single year, there's going to be an all-star snub. Last year, the biggest snub was Rudy Gobert in some people's eyes, and Rudy Gobert cried. People had an outcry on Twitter about Rudy Gobert not making the all-star team, and now look at him. He's an all-star this year. So the key is, number one, if you want to make the all-star team, and I'm talking to guys like you, Devin Booker, uh, John Morant, other people, uh, Zach Levine, right now just cry. Make your way on Twitter. Complain about it. These people will vote you in the next year. That's just how it works. So uh, anyways, the tweet was absurd from Nate Duncan. Um, how you can say a guy averaging 18 points, 13 rebounds on a team that's 15 games ahead of 14, 15 games ahead of 500 top team in the Eastern conference, isn't deserving and an, of an all-star bid is nonsense. And then adding on top of that saying, he's one of the worst all-stars that he can think of, of recent years. And he forgets that Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver were both all-stars in the same season. So this guy's a dumbass. I, I, I've seen him on Twitter before uh, with I don't really follow anything that he says. I knew this guy had a podcast, but now I know that I will never listen to this podcast because he just he's a dumbass. That's all I got to say. I I can't I can't sum it up any better than that. You know, yeah, he's he's irrelevant to me. He's a total idiot, a moron, the lowest lowest fume. The lowest form of human life. I mean, he's he's just an idiot. He's, he's a Twitter troll trying to gain attention. Speaking of guys crying, I remember there was a video last year of they told uh, Doncic at a game that he wasn't an all-star, and I think he started crying too, and now he's an all-star. So that just verifies your point. Maybe we need Brockton to start crying on the sidelines next game. Yeah, I mean, look – it was Harden, I think, MVP-wise. This is an all-star, but MVP-wise, I think he cried about not winning the MVP, and then he wins it next the next year. Um, there's just – it happens with these – it's just a popularity contest. I know the coaches vote on it, but come on. 
all you got to do is shed some tears and these guys will give you whatever you want. So anyways, um, I got some of these pulled up and you were asking about the three point guys, uh, slam dunk guys I can give you. There's three of them so far that are confirmed. Aaron Gordon just confirmed today that he will be in the slam dunk contest. He, uh, went, uh, back and forth with Zach Levine in 16 and 17. Uh, it might be tough now to get, uh, Aaron Gordon bat or excuse me, Zach Levine in the contest because he didn't make the all-star team. So who knows what he's going to do now, but obviously if he wants to do it, they're going to let him do it, especially in Chicago. Uh, the other two participants so far are Derek Jones, Jr. of the heat, and uh, Dwight Howard. So we've talked about Dwight being in it. Uh, the three-point contest, let me see. I know Damian Lillard for sure is in this thing. Um, but I don't know if they have many others in the three-point contest wrapped up. Have you seen any other names? No, I I, I feel like we've, we've talked about this before, and I just never remember or forget. And, I know it's Valentine's Day weekend. That's the fifteenth. Is that that three point contest? And I look up tickets today for the All Star game, just for curiosity. And they're going for around thirteen hundred bucks. So if you want to take it in the door, that's what it's going to cost you. I think the three point dunk contests were somewhere around three hundred. So I'm trying to go next year. I don't know how to get those tickets early. There's some. There's got to be some kind of you know wait list or something that I need to be aware of. So. If you know anything about that and are listening, hit us up for next year's tickets. It may not even be in the works yet, but, you know, knowing Indiana, it probably is. Yeah. Uh, I think Trey Young also has committed. So those are the only two that I can find that have committed. There's someone on the Bulls, because you do have to think they'd have Bulls representation if Levine doesn't do the contest. <laughs> is there anybody three-point shooters on the Bulls? Maybe White. I mean, he, he was, what, three for three on us last night? Uh, yeah, they're not invited him. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they the, he'll definitely be in the rookie game, so that'll be probably the repre- representation is Kobe White and the uh, young guys game, whatever they call that now. The youth. Stars, they? Yeah, so uh, um, I don't know. They don't really have any good three-point shooters on their team besides Levine. Um, so, I mean, I feel like Doug McDermott has definitely earned a three-point a, a spot on a three-point contest. Hopefully he does get an invite. Um, but, yeah, I think f- as for the most part, all I can find are about two names that have committed to it. So, um, anyways, back to reserves. The other reserves that were named alongside DeMontis Sabonis in the East. This evening, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, uh, Jason Tatum, and Bam Adebayo. Um, in the West... Nikolai Jokic, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, and Russell Westbrook. So Brandon Ingram, first year with the Pelicans, makes the all-star team. Um, What are your thoughts on the reserves? We kind of talked about some players that felt like they were snubbed. Um, What do you think about how the coaches did voting these guys in? Um, Do you think there was a guy on here that really didn't deserve to make it? Um, I mean, when we played the Thunder the second time, I would not have thought Chris Paul would be an all-star, just from those games I've seen and the games I had seen through that year. But they've turned it around, and they're a really competitive team. I think they have 26 wins, some around there. So, and the way he's been playing well, I think he totally deserves it. Westbrook, I mean, he's not 
a field goal percentage guy that I like necessarily, but I think he deserves to be there for the flair and everything. So as far as guys they missed, you know, I was kind of surprised Tatum got it. I thought they would give it to Jalen Brown instead, but other than that, it is what it is. Some guys are going to miss, you know, there still could be injuries, get guys on there. So it's not the end of the world yet, but this affects contracts in a lot of ways. I'm pretty sure. Doesn't it? Or is that just all NBAs? Um, I don't know if an all-star has something to do with the Supermax. I think it has to do with all NBA or any other type of award. I don't think the all-star is in consideration with that. Yeah, and then Paul George wasn't on this list, which, I mean, he hasn't, I don't know, he hasn't played enough games, so it's not that surprising, but it is kind of surprising in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I, um... I was happy to see Paul George not making it, um, but you know, like you said, he hasn't played enough games. Um, if he had, just because of his name, he would have for sure uh, been uh, been on an All Star team. So I wouldn't really call him a snub because he just hasn't played it in enough games. Um, and while I'm spewing off hate at Paul George, I looked up uh, the eligible to sign a supermax contract. Um, so first, very few players can qualify for a supermax. First, only a player that has completed eight years of NBA service by the end of his current contracts eligible to sign a Supermax deal. Then, a player must meet one of the following three uh, criteria. Number one, be named to an... Uh, Okay, go ahead. All defense, all NBA, and I have no idea what the third one is. So, all be named to an all-NBA team in the most recent season or both seasons before it. So, that means they have to... I don't think that includes... Um, I don't think that includes a defensive team. I'm not 100% on that, but I don't think it does. I think it's got to be first, second, or third team. Um, and that has to be in the two seasons prior to when they come due. Uh, second up... Do you want to go ahead and guess another one? Second one, you said eight years in the league was a requirement. Yeah, you had to be, you had to be with the team offering you supermax for over a year. Um, so it doesn't have the next doesn't have anything to do with um the amount of time spent with the team. These are just strictly awards. Okay, all de- all, so one would be defensive depoy. MVP, is that it? That's it. So, uh, All-NBA team is one NBA Defensive Player of the Year in most recent season or both seasons before it, or be named NBA MVP in any of the three previous seasons. So, some players that have received it, Steph Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, John Wall got one, um, and then... Eligible. Yep. And then uh, Damian Lillard, Kimba Walker also shows it on here, but I believe that was from last season because it still shows on this article that he plays for the Charlotte Hornets. So, yeah. anyways, that's how it. Uh, that's a good little lesson there for us because I so knew that Vic won't be eligible unless he goes off next year. Yeah, so he will. He will obviously not make an All NBA team this year unless he averages forty points a game, and that's not happening. Um, so yeah, if he wants to qualify for the Supermax, he needs to make first, second, or third All-NBA team next year or be Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I don't think he's going to win MVP, so those are his only really two chances is 
and he's a great defensive player, led the league in steals a couple seasons ago, so he could have a shot at that. Probably doubtful because the NBA tends to honor um, those taller wing players or big men for those types of award defensive player of the year. So I think his best shot is probably sneaking in on that third all-NBA team to get to qualify for that super max. Yep. Yeah. All right, so um, congratulations, DeMontis Sabonis, making the all-star team. Everybody in Indiana is proud of you, uh, happy for you, and uh, couldn't have happened to a better dude. Met him earlier in the week, uh, you know, shared a great conversation with him. Um, we were speaking Lithuanian to one another, and it, it was just a good time. Um, you know, he was happy to see me. He goes, oh, hey, you know, it's it's the guy guys from Born Ready to Pod. And I'm like, oh, hey, DeMontis, what's up? And I think he was a little bit starstruck to meet me. Um, you know, I didn't show him the tattoo. didn't want to go that far. Obviously, he had no idea who I was. Uh, and I was – my palms were sweating when I meet him. I, it, it just happens. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get, like, really nervous, but I get kind of, like, this feeling that I'm nervous. And so my palms start sweating, and it's something I get made fun of for. So my palms are really sweaty when I go up to meet him. Uh, he, maybe DeMontis says two or three words. He goes – he doesn't even say hi when I walk up to him. So first off, it's like, okay, asshole, why don't you at least, you know, I, I paid $35 to come here to see you. Plus I paid an extra 20 bucks to get VIP, at least acknowledge my existence. So I like, I, I start the conversation. I say, Oh, Hey, how's it, how's it going? And I think he whispered good. <laughs> Couldn't really hear what he said. Uh, and then I said, thanks Domas. And then he looked at me and he nodded and he said, you're welcome. Like really soft. Um, like kind of like he didn't know how to speak English. It's kind of like he was playing it off, which we all know he can speak English. So I think he was just playing that off like he was some guy from a foreign country who's been in the USA for like a year and couldn't understand what people were saying and just nodded his head at what you said to him. Yeah, at that point, he's just he's just a puppet. He's up there for our enjoyment. We paid to see him. And it's got to be an awkward thing for him because I've, I've been to a lot of those signings, and there are some weird people that, you know, follow indiana sports believe it or not i think jake last night said we have one of the uglier fan bases uh, the nba which i disagreed with immediately i thought just because he's the one blessed with good looks he can't look down on us normal looking people so i i shunned him for that take but you know those things can be weird and you don't really have a lot of time because they're moving the lines along and you know he probably just wanted a cigarette at the end of the day he was just yeah. craving a cig so i can't really blame him yeah i can't either when when you got that nicotine craving, you got to go take advantage of it. So um, I'm sure he probably took a couple breaks in between to go get a nice little smoke in, in the break room at the collector's den. But, uh, yeah, he, he signed my photo. I got the Embiid photo signed where he's dunking on him. Like I mentioned earlier, 16 by 20. Got my frame in today. Excited to hang that bad boy up in my office. So that's going to be great. Um Nice. Yeah. Anyways, uh, on a sad note, we've had a positive podcast with the Oladipo news, Sabonis becoming an all-star, but uh, obviously would be remiss if we didn't mention the unfortunate news uh, over last weekend, Kobe Bryant, uh, along with his daughter and uh, other friends uh, and kids that were a part of the basketball team, I believe, with his daughter. Um, involved in a tragic helicopter accident. I believe nine of them were passed and passed from the accident, including the pilot. Um, since then, I mean, I'm not going to go over all the details with it. Everybody knows all the coverage and things that have happened since then. Um, 
players changing their numbers. Uh, you know, the eight-second and 24-second violations that teams are taking before the games. The moments, moment of silences that we did. Uh, we did a 24-second, 24.8-second, uh, 20 or minute of whatever, second of silence uh, at the game last night for the Pacers. So, um, very tragic news. When I first got the message about it, I mean, I was, I was like, there's no way. I just saw someone send a text and it said Kobe died and I said there's there's no way that's possible. So I was like it's got to be like just some other celebrity named Kobe and so I immediately in my head was like okay so who's another athlete out there that you know is named Kobe the same starts with the K. I was like there's no way this can be true. So I go into Twitter and I just search his name and the first thing co- that comes up is the TMZ article and literally my heart just dropped. I had like I felt like I was just gonna break down. And I mean, Kobe wasn't my favorite player growing up. Obviously, I respected his game, the way he played, uh, more so towards the later end of his career, because you know the beginning part of the career, his career, he played alongside Shaq, and it was just not fun as a Pacers fan to watch them win those titles so easily. But uh, I respected his game a lot more towards the end of his career. Um, and it was sad to see um, all the coverage since then has been great, but. I mean, I guess first before we get into any Kobe moments or anything like that, what were your thoughts when you heard the news uh, about the on Sunday that he tragically passed away? Yeah, I was playing Call of Duty, something I have been doing way too much lately, and I looked at my phone and Thunder Dan and my buddy Cody texted me at the same time, and I was like, what? So I instantly just turned on the news. You know, they weren't even covering it yet on the they had the Pro Bowl on and I was just scrolling through Twitter and Twitter basically lost its collective mind. I mean, no one knew what was happening. The reports were conflicting. It was a confusing time, but you know, that's because he was such an icon and such a big name, you know, that's the kind of reaction you get when a guy like Kobe dies. Probably the biggest the biggest death I can remember. I mean, there's guys like Prince that, you know, moved the needle, Mac Miller Michael from, Jackson. As far as just sports, I, I think I, I think I heard this the other day, and it's really shocking. Kobe's only the second player ever that's won an NBA MVP that has died. Really? Does that, does that sound right? Um, Which is, like, shocking. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it could be. Like, all those old guys are still alive, and you just thought he would continue that mantle. Like, the NBA is such a close-knit group. You see all the former superstars for the most part, besides like an MJ. But, you know, Kobe wasn't completely in the spotlight, but, you know, he's still around. You still saw him all the time. I mean, LeBron just broke his record the night before. So it was, it was a weird, crazy, eerie, just the fact that he broke it in Philadelphia. He's from Philadelphia. Victor making that shot with eight seconds. I mean, it's it makes you think and makes you believe in a higher power, kind of. So... It's just all, it was crazy and emotional, and, you know, we're all moving on as a basketball family. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just completely sick to my stomach, didn't know what to think when I heard the news, um, and I guess when I think of, you know, Kobe moments that come to my mind, obviously his last game, and I watched not all of that game, but I watched a good majority of it when they replayed it the other night um I mean wow that that 2016 team for the Lakers was bad but anyways uh you know the the ending that he had to that first quarter 
And then the ending to that game, I mean, scoring 60 points. And, yeah, I know he took a lot of shots, but, my God, once he got going, it's like he couldn't miss. So uh, that game was insane to rewatch. Um, and then I guess probably, you know, another memory of him is watching him in Game 7 of the uh, 2010 NBA Finals against the Celtics. Um, had a lot of help from that year from Gasol and Ron Artest, but uh, seeing him win that second ring um, – Back-to-back rings he won uh, against the Magic the year before. I mean, that was probably another big moment from his that comes to my mind. Obviously, he beat the Pacers in the, in the 2000 playoffs uh, in the NBA Finals alongside Shaq. So that's a sad memory for me to think about. But, um, you know, obviously along the way, and, and I was saying this is, you know, we were born in the 90s. So, I mean, Michael Jordan was, you know, when he first – or second time he retired, we were I was at least seven or eight years old. So obviously I could watch basketball, but my comprehension of things that happened around that time is obviously very minimal because I was very young. Um, and obviously at that age, you don't really understand the game or anything like that. Uh, you're just a fan. So I growing up the last 20 years, it's obviously been LeBron and Kobe Bryant. So, I mean, it's kind of the equivalent to me is if Michael Jordan had passed away uh, a couple years after retiring. So it, it, it was that it was, it's just, it's crazy to think about that. You know, the guy that, you know, your childhood, you grew up watching him and he was the best player in basketball. If you know, alongside LeBron that, you know, he's was a young age and was going to be an ambassador of the game. Like you said. So it's just crazy to think that, you know, we won't even see him do a hall of fame speech or anything like that. But, um, just very very sad and that's just pretty much what comes to my mind when I think about him yeah I think about you know the 61 point game obviously you mentioned you know the game where he was beating the Dallas Mavericks you know 62 to 61 by himself and then just didn't even play in the fourth quarter you know the Matt Barnes flinch all the iconic moments you know he was one of those guys that truly only cared about what was going on in the court and just through his whole life, he was just a fierce competitor. So many stories have came out. All of them are, are interesting and give you an insight of who he was, but you know, he was also transitioning into being, you know, a father and by all accounts, a good father. So that's where it's really the most sad. So I think we've uh, hashed out all we need to on him, but RIP Kobe legend. Yep, him and his daughter uh, Gianna went by Gigi. Uh, rest in peace. That's I think the saddest part. There is 13 years old, and uh, she was involved in the crash with him. So so much life ahead of her, and and I can guarantee that you know that was probably the most difficult part for him was knowing that you know not only this helicopter is going to crash, but she's in it alongside with him. So I can't even imagine that. And you know uh, prayers and everything out to. Uh, his family and all NBA fans uh, across the globe that are, you know, recovering from this, uh, you know, biggest news that biggest death that we've had, I think, in sports, at least in my lifetime. So anyways, uh, that's going to wrap up, I believe, this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast, episode 76. Um, we've done a lot more episodes than that, but we've just started doing more countings to these things anyways. That's irrelevant. But um, big week for the Pacers. Victor Oladipo back in action. was a great game to be at. If you weren't there, you really missed out. Um, and looking forward to this week. Uh, 
have the Knicks on Saturday, so uh, not really a formidable opponent coming up, but another good game for the Pacers to, you know, knock out the kinks with Oladipo alongside them. So appreciate you guys listening. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you guys again next week. Take it easy. Across California, school food professionals are using their skills to develop recipes that incorporate fresher ingredients and more scratch cooking. Learn how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.